In our culture, much of the messages that come toward us is putting yourself first. But the message of the gospel is if you want to be great, then be a servant of all. The apostles were arguing about which one was going to be the greatest, and Jesus used a child as an illustration of what true faith looks like. That's today on Walk in Truth Radio. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Lord, who who can know the sins that lurk in his heart? Well, the way you know is you let the Word of God read you instead of you just reading the Word. Amen? You let it read you. When you come into a sermon or a Bible study, come with an open heart and just say, Lord, I'm here because I want to hear from you. I know you have a word for me. And so they came to Capernaum, Mark 9.33, the northern tip of the Sea of Galilee. He was in the house. They traveled a ways, and he began to question them, and he said, well, what were you guys talking about on the way? One writer said, one of our biggest battles and biggest idols is personal prosperity. We may not always see this as an idol, but that is precisely what it is, especially when it is our sole priority. And the essence of idolatry is that which weighs down the heart and crowds out God. They weren't pondering the glory of Jesus and the power of Jesus. They were pondering their own position. And Jesus got in their kitchen. Have you ever noticed that Jesus asked penetrating questions? Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you're reading your Bible, you say something like this, it's not amen, it's ouch. <laughs> oh Lord, that's not what I wanted to hear. And then the Lord says, yeah, but that's what you needed to hear. Because I'm not in the business of band-aids. That's not God's business. Everybody realizing that? He's in the business of looking at our hearts. And the problem, the root, of course, we, we know what's going on here. The problem is pride. Pride basically says, I'm for me. Pride is always causing conflict because it insists on being the center of attention. Pride goes before, what? Destruction or a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. A haughty spirit before stumbling. It says, it's better to be of humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. R. Kent Hughes says, what a chill their conversation and mindset must have brought to our Lord's burdened soul. They had been with him almost three years and now he was facing the ultimate humiliation of all time and they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. I wonder how many times in the ensuing years when he was now gone back into heaven that they looked back and whispered a silent prayer. Lord, I'm sorry. Because they had three years with him but then they had a lifetime to live. I wonder how many times they reflected in the night before they went to bed and thought back to conversations and things that they were so slow of heart to believe and learn. I've done it many times, even at the end of a day. <laughs> Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I let my flesh get the best of me in this situation. So Jesus drilled them. He said, hey, what were you guys talking about? Kind of stuck his head in. And they, Mark 9.34, the great apostles, which one is going to be the greatest? They 
kept what? Silent. <laughs> you ever had one of those moments where you're having a conversation with somebody and it wasn't going on the most godly lines and somebody stuck their head in and said, hey, what are you guys talking about over here? And you're like, Silence typically means, just in case you needed clarification this morning, you got caught. Uh-oh. Right? You ever had, been having a conversation and the person that stuck their head in was the person that you were talking about in not-so-Christian, godly ways, and they show up, it looks like it was just their head floating into your conversation. You're like, how did you get here? How did you know? What are you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. <laughs> they kept silent, for on the way, 34, they had discussed with one another which of them was the greatest. The Greek word for greatest is a word which means, speaks of levels of importance. Luke 9.46 tells us this was an argument they were having. They were actually arguing about it which one of them might be the greatest. And this speaks of prestige and power. Just so you know, in that culture, they spent a lot of time talking about levels of importance. So we, we need to go back to the Jewish mind a little bit and understand this was pretty big for them. They, they like to sit at tables and talk about levels of importance. So it was kind of part and parcel with who they were. And when Jesus came into the earth, he was doing the exact opposite. He was showing them that the greatest among them should be servant of all. Turn to the book of Proverbs, if you would. Proverbs 30. Proverbs is all about wisdom, right? How to live out a wise life. Proverbs is right after the Psalms. This is Proverbs chapter 30. We studied this at our Friday morning Bible study this last week. And here's what it says. Proverbs 30, verse 29. 30, 29. I have in my notes... And when they came from the, down from the mountain, they should have been saying, I want to be more like Jesus. But instead they were arguing about, everybody should be more like me. All right, so here it is, Proverbs 30, verse 29. There are three things which are stately in their march, even four which are stately when they walk. The New Living Translation says, there are three things that walk in a stately stride, no four that strut about. The lion which is mighty among beasts and does not retreat before any, just put in your margin, except for the cowardly lion. Right? The strutting cock, the male goat also, and a king when his army is with him. 32. If you've been foolish in exalting yourself or if you've plotted evil, put your hand on your mouth. Think of the apostles, right? <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Oh. I hear no evil. I see no evil. I speak of no evil. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Put your hand on your mouth. Remember when Job was questioning God? Why are you doing this to me? What's going on here? Poor counselors. Even my wife says, curse God and die. <laughs> Thanks, honey. You know when the wife says that to you, you're in deep trouble. Minimally, you need counseling, right? Why do you keep calling out to him? Just curse him and die. You're a mess. Thanks, sweetie. But then at, but then at the end of the book of Job, he says, everybody, I'm not going to talk anymore. 
See, I used to hear about you, but now I've seen you. I repent in sackcloth and ashes. For the churning of milk produces butter, Proverbs 9.33. The pressing of the nose brings forth blood, especially among siblings. I added that. So, <laughs> the churning of anger produces strife. If I can add, pride will bring you low. We were talking in the Bible, so we were saying, well, is, is he talking about positive or negative things? The, the lion, he didn't back down. The king, got your army behind you, you're feeling pretty good. But it seems like the flow of the context is saying, look, if you walk around and you're strutting around and you're prideful, Pastor John, even at the Bible story or afterwards, he did a, a cock when it, a rooster when it walks around all proud. <laughs> Ask him to do it later. He does it incredibly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're down. You're like, what happened? I don't know. You were just strutting around a minute ago. Anyway, turn back to Mark. This is a dangerous attitude that the church must resist, and we all need to remember that Jesus is talking to the early church. This is the foundation of it all. These are the guys that will set the attitude, the mindset. They will be the spiritual leaders of the church. Pretty important that they get it. And so he sat down, look at verse 35, Mark 9. Sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. This is God's way. This is what is important to God. Anybody who wants to be first, he should be last of all and servant of all. If you're going to make a grand entrance, if I can put it that way, into the kingdom of God, you must be a servant because not even the Son of Man came to be served, but to what? Serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You call me great. You call me Lord. That's what I am. If I washed your feet, you ought to what? Wash one another's feet. I've left you an example that you should follow. Jesus did things that were shocking to these guys. And so he says, look, you want to be great? Start serving each other. Can you imagine the looks that must have gone around that table? I'm not serving him. Serve. <laughs> you ever been there before? There's a problem somewhere in the church. There's a spill. A toilet's backed up. Word comes to you. Who do we got to, to help out with toilets that have problems like that around here? You must have somebody. Is there a backed up toilet ministry? <laughs> That's when we get the note, the anonymous note. Hey, I think it'd be a good idea if around here you guys would come up with a ministry. <laughs> you guys, can you figure this out? I'm not signing this, but <laughs> I want you to know I'm concerned. Thank you. I'm sorry, but... So he took a child, 36. The word in Aramaic for child can also mean servant, but it, it appears to be a small child. In fact, uh, many commentators believe that it's one of Peter's children, and they're probably in Peter's house. He took a child, he set him before them, and he took the child, taking the child in his arms. Gotta love Jesus. Probably a little, perhaps a little toddler, and he took the little child in his arms. 
I just want to park here just to let you know that Jesus thought children were really important. In fact, he thought that they were probably the best picture of what we're supposed to be like. C.S. Lewis said we should have grown-up heads but a child's heart. Yes, we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and it includes our mind, but Jesus said, unless you are converted and become like little children, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. That's an easy verse to brush by, but we should probably listen to it. And what he's talking about is a heart of trust. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael. Really appreciate you tuning into the broadcast today. I'm going to tell you about a website that we have. It's a brand new website. It's called walkintruth.com. And on that website, you can find a new devotional. It's a video devotion called A Step Closer. The intention is to help you get a little bit closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. So go today to walkintruth.com. Scroll down on the video devotion called A Step Closer. And our prayer is that it'll get you a little bit closer in your walk with Jesus Christ today. Little children, you know, you know, talk about the example here is no pretension, just trust. And he's holding this child. He's embraced this child. He calls this child as a living parable, a living illustration. He wants them to get the point that this is not about pride. This is about them becoming soft. And he says in Matthew's account in Matthew 18.4, whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, verse 4. The verb behind humbles is a word which literally means to make low in God's eyes. Listen to this. This is the Hebrew picture language. The word sin means the fence that strongly surrounds or the fence of the snake's strength. Sin in the Hebrew picture language becomes its own prison that keeps you from freedom and from doing what is right. Picture someone with the word sin building a wall or a fence around themselves, putting each brick like a mason would, brick by brick until they've built their own prison. Here's the picture in the dictionary I have in my office, it shows a man, and every time he sins, he builds this wall that's starting to go higher and circle around him until his own sin has become his prison. That's the word in Hebrew. But here is how this is dealt with. The word humility in the Hebrew picture language means to destroy the wall. The word speaks of a person flat on their face in humility, when the wall around a city is knocked down, when all defenses are gone, there is humility. The walls come down, the walls of sin and pride, only when there is what? Humility. Is your marriage in trouble? Friendships? Your own service to God? Are you hurt? Frustrated? You might want to start by getting low. Because when you get low it's then you can see everything looking up. But when you are up, you're looking what? Down on everybody else. This is the picture of the scriptures. Jesus Christ was highly exalted by God and he's given the name which is above every name because in Philippians 2, it says that he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even what? 
death on the cross. And these words in Hebrew tie to the Messiah specifically. They speak of him being the humblest of all. And he says, whoever, 37, receives one child like this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me does not receive me, but him who sent me. You know, see, when you're arguing about your position before others, it means that you've got to put them down here so you can be up here, right? I mean, we hear the stories of corporate America that in order to climb the corporate ladder, I mean, you've got to leave other people behind. And it's kind of like, oops, too bad. And we've all heard the stories of people who lie about coworkers and make coworkers look bad and are talking behind their back. Why? So that they can become another step to, for me to get higher. And God's saying, no, 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 no. You want to be my people? Open your heart. You see, this is not just about this child. This is about them loving each other because their witness to the world is going to be people will know that you are my disciples if you, who's he talking to? He's in the upper room the night before he dies, John 13, 34 and 35, and he says, this is how people will know that you belong to me, that you, the 12, belong to me. Oh yeah, it carries out to us. But this is how people will know that you are my disciples. Do you know that on the night of the Last Supper, they were still arguing about who was the greatest? The night before he's going to die, they haven't stopped. And Jesus said, this is how the world's going to know. Not when you're arguing, but when you, Peter, wash John's feet. When you, James, wash somebody else's feet. You see, this is very much directed at them. The Talmud regarded spending time with children to be a waste of time. One rabbi wrote, Morning sleep, midday wine, chattering with children, and tearing in places where men of the common people assemble, destroy a man. You know, there are times when I'd like to just spend the week with little kids. Because I tell you what, they're much more, they're easier to deal with than adults. Amen? Sunday school teachers, please hear this, because I know it gets exhausting at times. I know you wonder if they're listening to you. I teach a class of fourth through sixth graders at a local elementary school, and sometimes they exhaust me. Pastor Michael, Pastor Michael, Pastor Michael, look at this. So one day, I'm up there teaching, and I said in a moment of exhaustion, do any of you read your Bibles during the week? <laughs> and one of the little boys says to me, he's the, I can barely keep him in his seat. He just circles the classroom. So I, I have to have, he, you know, he because, I've been told you, you let them help. That's how you redeem it, right? So he passes out the papers, but he can't sit still. And I said, do you read your Bible? No, I play video games. <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever. Nope. Only, only read it when I'm here with you. <laughs> Honest, right? Do you go to church? Nope. But I, I read my Bible when I'm here with you. Oh. I said, well, why do you come here then? Get this, he says, because I like to see you. 
Wow. I never hear that, so that's... <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 38. <laughs> John, uh, so John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. I was going to say something about Sunday school teachers that, you know, I think the stats say that most people make a commitment uh, to Christ before the age of 17. Now, that's not everybody. Some of you came to faith later in life. I came to faith in my early 20s. But we reach a lot of our generation at a very young age. And so... Don't underestimate the importance of pouring into children. Their hearts are probably the most open. They don't have, you don't have to convince them with all the incredible arguments about the cosmos and the, the intricate design of the universe. They, just, they already know there's a God. So he said, well, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we, we tried to hinder him because he was not, what? He wasn't following us. Hey, there's, there's some, hey, Lord. Now, there's two ways to take this. One is that John, John, the beloved apostle, John, by the way, is called the apostle of love. One of the two brothers, the sons of thunder, as Jesus <laughs> named them. The, one, the two brothers who said, hey, let's just burn that village, Lord. What do you think? Those people wouldn't listen. <laughs> and Jesus is like, calm down. <laughs> now, that... Apostle becomes the apostle of love. He talked a lot about love. Now, there's two ways to take this. One is that John absolutely didn't hear a word that was spoken to him, and he's saying, look, there's a dude going around. He printed business cards. He's not one of us. He's using your name. Or another way to take it is that John went, ouch, Lord, there was just a guy doing some good stuff in your name, and we told him, don't do that anymore. You're not one of us. Maybe John was feeling some conviction. And Jesus said, Don't hinder him, for there is no one who shall perform a miracle in my name and be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. I have a question about that verse because I think of Judas Iscariot in Matthew 7 where people are going to come and say, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? But I think this is a general statement. For he who is not against us is what? Is for us. And Jesus gave the reverse in Matthew's gospel. He who is not with me is against me. And so he ends up this particular section with these words. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because of your name as a follower or followers of Christ, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Jesus has been talking about the greatest and now he's talking about accepting one another and loving each other. And Jesus says, if you go somewhere and someone is even willing to give you some water in my name, they're going to be rewarded. Because as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, Matthew 25, you did it to me. Do you know that every time you do something good in Christ's name, he credits that to your account. In fact, he says, when you did it to the least of these, which could imply a child, or someone who can't pay you back. You did that for me. Every time you've done something kind and benevolent to someone in the name of Jesus Christ, 
Jesus said, you did it for me. And every time someone persecutes the church, Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Do you know, Jesus is much more intimately involved in the life of his people than we tend to think. He takes all of this personally. On this note, he really cares how we treat each other, how we love each other, how we talk about each other, how we pray for each other. And he says, when you guys figure this out, my inner circle, when you guys get that I'm not here to destroy people's lives, I'm here to save. And when you start treating each other the way I have come into the world to demonstrate God's love, well, you won't lose your reward, even if you offered a cup of water in my name. Sometimes when we go through our week as we wind down here, we assess who deserves our time, right? I mean, we do it whether we are conscious about it or not. Like, well, I don't know. And sometimes we, we determine that by how someone looks or what they can offer us back. And Jesus says, no, that's not my kingdom. If you start serving, if you start ministering in my name, even a cup of water, even if you gave somebody a water bottle in his name, Jesus says you're going to be rewarded for that. Maybe you've been hearing these messages about becoming a new creation in Christ, but you're not sure that you know him. Well, the Bible encourages us that now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. And so don't put it off because the Bible tells us we don't even know what a day will bring. So trust in him now. The Bible says that we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead and we will be saved. You know, we see this reality in the scriptures of repentance and faith, turning away from our sin, which is repentance. It literally means to do a 180 and turn away from sin and turn to God to do it his way instead of our way. And faith is a word in Greek, which means to put our trust in, to entrust ourselves to Christ. Now, when we do that, we're trusting in his person, his finished work on the cross and his resurrection and, and trusting in him and him alone for our salvation. And that's how you become a Christian. You turn from sin and you turn to God through Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to Walk in Truth for a while and you're benefiting from this radio broadcast and you believe in it, then we need you to partner with us. You can do that by going to our website at walkintruth.com and check out Walk Together based upon Amos 3.3. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Well, if you agree with what we're doing, you're benefiting from it, you want others to hear about it, you can partner with us to reach more people through the radio airwaves at walkintruth.com. Help us out. Partner with us today, walkintruth.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message in its entirety, or if you'd like to visit our church here in Corona, California, visit our website, walkintruth.com.